will say that we, if you look at your uh, program, there is a call to give again at the end. And you know, uh, we do not lift more than one offering here. And even though it's old school Sunday, since it's old school Sunday, we can do like three offerings like they used to do way back in, in the day. But no, we're not going to lift another offering, but I am going to uh, give us a special challenge and call to give. And so at the end of the sermon, we, we will do that. And so uh, those of you who are online, when, when we play, pray the final closing prayer, don't go anywhere. Just hold on. We're gonna, I'm, I'm going to give us a special call to give at the, at the end, something that I want to stir us up for as we move into the giving moment and the giving season. All right? All right, let's get our hearts ready for the Word of God. Are you ready for the Word of God? Amen. Amen. We've got a, a something special uh, this morning for the Word of God. I'm going to be preaching, but um, part of the reason why we're doing Old School Sunday is not just uh, for the tradition, but this is our late apostle's birthday. Today would have been his birthday and it falls on a Sunday, and so we decided that we would like to honor him. And so I have a special video where, and I want to go ahead and let you know up front, I have a special video where uh, he was preaching here at the church, and I'm going to piggyback off of what he was doing. He was telling his testimony, and so get your hearts ready because you are going to see his face and hear his voice in just a moment, and then, uh, then I will preach. But we want to honor him and his legacy. We want to live in such a way that we live what he taught us. And this clip reminds me of what he taught Deliverance Temple, how we should move, how we should act. And so it's it's a quite lengthy clip, but we will get to it in just a moment. So the first thing we want to do, we want to grab our Bibles in our hands and we want to get back uh, to our confession. And so would you just repeat after me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. We communicate Christ's love compassionately. Father God, feed us your word. Now come on, if you believe you're going to be fed this morning, would you go ahead and would you make some noise again? Amen. Would you, would you bring up our uh, tape graphic, our old school Sunday, and I'm going to actually exit the stage, and once I do, fellas in the back, you can go ahead and roll our uh, video. Is love. I don't care how many titles you have before your name or after your name. If you are not operating in love, you don't know God. Well, this is on a Thursday, so I decided, okay, I'm just going to go hang out. And so, something I wasn't a gambler. I wasn't a real gambler. I gambled. I shot dice and played cards and stuff. But I just wasn't a gambler to the point I'm going to lose all my money. A spirit got on me. 
And I would start gambling. And I was gambling with some kids. They were about 13, 14, maybe 15 years old at the most. And Melvin Kelly might have been out there. I don't know. <laughs> I, I had to tease him about that. But anyway, if I'd have won everything they had, I wouldn't have won no more than 5 or $6. But we shooting dice, shooting dice. Finally, they had to go in. Got late, they had to go in. <laughs> and so I went across the street to the black bag. Got in there shooting dice. Now I'm watching them stacking the dice. I know they're cheating me. I ain't scared of nobody. But I can't say nothing. I can't stop gambling, and I can't say nothing about y'all cheating. I lost every dime I had. I walked outside of the place. I said, man, how did I do that? I was so mad at myself. It's just like a crack addict saying I'm just going to have a little. And next thing you know, they done blowed all their money. That's how I, how did I do this? So here I'm outside of the place. This is early Friday morning. I go home. I sleep. Woke up. Thought I woke up in the daylight, but it was dust dark. And it was, I thought it was six o'clock, praise God, in the morning. But it was six o'clock at night. And I was going to go get some money out of the bank, but it was too late for me to get it. So what did I do? I ended up going back to another place to gamble. I said, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to shoot some dice. I'm going to get hot. I'm going to borrow some money from somebody. I'm going to get hot. I'm going to make a little money. I'm going to be gone. I went to go to the table, and the whole place looked like it changed. It looked like I stepped off into a foreign country. I got so scared. I didn't know what to do. I said, I know everybody over there, but I couldn't get over there. And I saw a friend of mine coming out of the back room. And I said, I got to get up out of there. I walked out of there, and the, the liquor store was right next to it. I said, I'm, I'm going to go and get me something to drink. I went into the, went to go in the liquor store, and the spirit came on me again. I couldn't go into the liquor store. I got so scared. Then I went across to the black bag. I went to the black bag. And anybody know anything about the black bag? There was always something going on there. That's where I lost all my money at the black bag. I went back in. Ain't nobody getting people in there. Ain't nobody gambling. Ain't nobody shooting pool. Ain't nobody playing the jukebox. There are people in there, but everybody's quiet. And I felt so scared. It was like an eerie dead silence. I said, man, I got to get up out of here. Then I thought, I think I'll go to church tonight. And so I had a friend, praise God, was coming by. And at the time, I was over here on Hackley. And so I said, well, I'm going to get a ride to White. That's where our church was at that time. And I stopped the guy. He pulled over. I told him, are you going to White? He said, yeah, man. I said, let me get a ride. He said, okay. I want you to get in his car. And the spirit came over. That feeling came over me again. I got so scared. I said, I'm going to go to the first church I see. I went to one church, but they were closed. I went to another church. They were open, praise God, but the people that I knew weren't there. Praise God. And then I called my mama from that church and told her I wanted her to pray for her. I didn't tell her what all was going on. I want you to pray for me, mama. She said, okay, I'm getting ready to go to church now. She's six blocks 
from the church from where we lived at. And I stayed a little while in church, but I decided to leave. I was just uncomfortable. I walked out the door, stood in the middle of First Street. And then the Spirit of God spoke to me. I didn't know it was the Spirit in it, just a thought. I thought it was. It says, go out to L. Clark's church. That's where I was headed at first. That was in Whiteley. Low and braided. I said, okay. I'll go out there. Saints, I got to Hackley and first. I don't remember anything else. The next thing I knew, I was in front of the church at Lowell and Brady. I don't remember walking down Hackley. I don't remember crossing the bridge. I don't remember walking down Lowell. I got that for wow, I got it quick. And of course, I didn't understand that I hadn't been transported and translated. I didn't know that. I said, man, I got it off quick. My mama driving from my house to the church, six blocks. When I called her, she was leaving, going to church. She had just got there. Pastor, the service hadn't even started yet. Pastor Clark was back in the office. And a pastor named Piercy was there, a white brother. I called myself Miller in that time. But my mom said, boy, I want him to pray for, pray for my son. When he was coming, I said, I don't want this man touching me. But I knew if I said anything, my mama would slap me out that church. I said, I'll be cool. I'll let, him, I'll let him pray. That brother, that white brother, laid his hands on me. And when he started praying, he said he feels cold. Now, it was cold outside, but that wasn't what he was talking about. He was talking about the cold of death. That man laid hands on me. I know I'm going over a little, a little bit. He laid hands on me, sisters and brothers. And I felt the presence of God. I had never felt that in my life. I grew up in church. I saw miracles. I saw many power, powerful things happen in church. But I hadn't never had that kind of experience myself. I felt like somebody put a hot water bottle. Praise God. Put it in my waist. And as he prayed, it kept moving and moving and moving. And it got to the top of my head. And then he said, mm, he feels different. All those crazy and funny feelings was gone. I felt back to my normal self. I didn't get saved that night. Almost got killed the next night going to a party. A guy, shot, he wasn't shooting at me, but he shot a gun in the party. Praise God. And that bullet... Should have ricocheted and hit me, but it didn't. And I went to church Sunday because my mama begged me to come. And I thought, well, you let me stay in the house. I need to do something. I'm a grown man. Then I'll go with you. And I went that night. And God saved me. The second Sunday of January 1973. But the thing I want you to know was God. Use a man of another ethnicity, praise God, to pray death off of me. So we don't have time, praise God, 
to have any partial, praise God, love for folks. We got to love all humanity. You do not know who God will use to help your son, to help your daughter, to help you, to help your husband, praise God, to help your wife, praise God, to help your sister or your brother, praise God, love people, love God, love people. Praise God, our vision, praise God, says L-O-V-E, live our vision every day. Love folk every time you see somebody, love them. If you can't hold and hug them, praise God, smile at them. Let the anointing that you carry, praise God, reach to them. Let them know in the space they're in near you that they'll feel the power of God's love. Would you go ahead and bring up the title of the message for today? Piggybacking off of what he taught us, love God, love people. Somebody say, say, love God, love people. That is what we were taught here through my father and, and to celebrate him. I'm wearing his robe as well as his tie, putting me in the mindset. But we do what we do because that's what we were taught. We were taught to love God and love people. Many churches only talk about loving God. But I don't know if you love God if you don't love people. How do I know you love God if you hate somebody different than you? And what I love about his testimony, someone, and if you don't, didn't catch him say that he used to be militant, meaning he did not care for white people because of the racial past, he was bothered by them, didn't like them. But in his mess, God used a white man anointed by God to put his hands on his head and to rebuke death off of his life. And then three days later, he gives his life to the Lord. It shifted his to- total outlook. And I didn't care what color you were. My father loved you because he realized God loves everybody. It doesn't mean that people are perfect, but you have to learn how to love people past their mistakes and past their flaws because that's what God does for us. He loves us. And so we love God and we love people. Would you bring up uh, what's next up there for me? So we're going to start off by talking about two commands. We're going to take you into scripture and show you. These two commands, where we actually get that phrase, love God, love people, not just a phrase from my father. It's actually biblical. It's actually something that we see from the Torah. But when you look, you see it was something that Jesus said. So would you bring up that first verse? Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? So there was a teacher, there was a scribe who was coming to Jesus, the teacher, and he's asking this question. We talked about this a few months ago. He was actually asking the question to trap Jesus up and to trip Jesus up. And so he says, what is the greatest command? You have to understand by this time, there was more than just the Ten Commandments. There was about 613 Jewish laws. And so he's trying to pinpoint Jesus, what is the greatest of commands? And let's see what Jesus responds with. Let's look at those verses. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, 
and all your mind. That's the first thing he says. Let's look at what he says in the next verse. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The New Living Translation says it's as equally as important. In the church, you only talk, if you don't love God, you're going to hell. You're going to hell. If you don't do right, you're going to hell. You better love God or you're going to hell. But we forgot to tell them to love people. Jesus said it's as equally important because once you begin to receive God's love for you and you love God, because here's the thing, we can't love him without understanding that he first loved us. And it's embracing that love. It has to change you. I do not trust a Christian who can love God and hate his brother. I do not trust a Christian who can say he loves God and see his brother hurting or a fellow man hurting and it doesn't move him at the core of his soul. Yes, you may be well fed, but if somebody else is hungry, it ought to bother you at your core. If you really love God, you will also love people. It is, it is an age old message, but it's a message that we mess up a lot. Many times we teach everything but how we love God as seen in how we love people. So he gives them those two commands. Would, would you give us the next, the next verse? Read that. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Now Jesus turned a corner on him. He only asked him, what's the greatest commandment? And so he said, I'm going to give you two things. And then he makes this statement, the entire law and the prophets. So he goes, not just the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible, but he goes all the way up until Malachi. Really, he's going from Exodus to Malachi, which is about 99% of the Old Testament. He said, all the law... And the prophets, they actually hang on these two commands, which is not what those scribes were teaching. They were teaching a whole bunch of other things, but he said everything really hangs on these two things, love God and love people. You, Many of you in your home, you have a shower curtain, and in your shower uh, curtain, the shower curtain cannot hang by itself. You need a shower rod. And in order to get the curtain on the rod, you have little loops. And each loop has to hang on the rod to make the shower curtain be what it's supposed to be. What God was saying, or Jesus was saying, is that love is the rod. And everything has to hang on the rod. Yes, just a, a few moments ago, we were talking about the blessings of God. We were talking about abundance. But if you have abundance without love, it's like having the shower curtain on the ground and you will be exposed because love is the rod that everything has to hang on. All the law and all the prophets, all the miracles, everything you see, even the judgments and the corrections of God, they all hang on the rod of this love God, love people. So how have we got it so wrong down throughout the years? Well, because of what the Bible says, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't deal with you. Because you're gay. 
because of what the Bible says. But the Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins and faults. So, so just because you read something in the scripture doesn't mean you treat people based on that. You got to go above that because all the law and the prophets hang on love. And you may not understand their lifestyle, but can you still love them where they are? The reason why our churches are not filled today is because we don't know how to love people. Oh, we say we love God. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice. Quit all that if you're not going to love people out there. Stop all that if you're not going to show the love of God in how you treat humans and how, how you handle people. Now, we all have had bad days. And I'm not saying that you have to be perfect when you have bad days, but you got to learn how to smile at people. You got to learn how to be nice to people. You know, one thing I've, I've, I'm struggling with as a pastor because our world is so loveless. Even one songwriter said what the world needs today is love more love. Our world is so loveless. If you compliment people, they think you're flirting with them because they don't know how love works. And it's, it's hard as a pastor. I like to be complimentary. I like to be nice and people looking at you funny. Like, don't you have a wife? Yeah, I don't want you. I'm just trying to show you love. Somebody's got to show love. And I, I wish one of the things that the pandemic bothered me the most, I can't hug people like I used to hug. I, I wish I could show them love because that's what my daddy taught me. But more than my earthly daddy, that's what my heavenly daddy talks about. Love God. Love people. Love God. Love people. Love God. Love people. It's not all, it's not always our fault that we have trouble loving people because what the scripture says is love your neighbor as yourself. And what the real trauma is, is we don't love us. So we struggle loving people. But you, what you have to understand is that if you love God, his love for you will begin to heal you from the inside out. Yes, you did it, but that doesn't mean that's who you are. Yes, you failed, but that doesn't mean that's who you are. you got to take God's love because the world is depending on you to feel love and share love. A long time ago at, at, at the old church, a, a man came over and talked to us about a love bucket. He said, God fills our love bucket. And then we dip from that love bucket and we dip out to other people. But what happens is our love bucket runs empty. And when we dip, we dip emptiness. Sometimes we dip jealousy. We dip envy. Sometimes we dip talking about each other because we're broken on the inside, but we got to get beyond that and say, God, heal all my broken places. Heal all my junk. Heal all my trauma because the world needs somebody to show them love. And if you can find anybody, God, you can find me. God, bless me so I could bless somebody else. Let's, let's, let's continue to read. Let's, let's show you how deep this actually goes. Let's, let's put this up. Believe it's the transfiguration. So now we're going to go into something that happened in Jesus' time, a spiritual thing that happened. My, my dad, when he was testifying, he talked about him being translated, him walking, and then the next thing you know, he was at 
the, the house of God, not remembering how he got there, talking about the power of God. Well, in the time of the disciples, they seen something special. They seen what we call the transfiguration. It was God, uh, Jesus with his inner circle of disciples. It was, it was Peter, James, and John, and they were up there with Jesus. They had went up to the mountain to pray, and something supernatural happened. I'm going to talk about it in just a moment, but let me say this. What we're going to begin to see in these latter years, we're going to begin to see the supernatural come back again. We're going to see God do things that we can't explain. You can't explain it from your theology and from your doctrine. And people ask you, how did you get the miracle to happen? We loved God and we love people. We don't have any other explanation. This is God moving. And I can't wait for God to move again. But he got to get us back in position. So when he moves, we don't take credit for it. Well, the reason why miracles happen is because I study so much and, and God's so good to me and my church is the only church going to heaven. The devil is a lie. I want God to move in such a way we can't tell who, who's going to be anointed. We can't tell whose church is going to be blessed, but the spirit of God is moving in the age because there is so much hurt out there. This has to be the hospital. I'm hurting myself, not just because I'm thinking about my father. Actually, today has been a little bit better. I got I dropped a few tears, but I'm hurting because every day this week, I got a, either a call about another death or I was at a funeral. Monday, I was at a, a funeral on Monday and, and brother Neil was there t- too. And we were sitting in the pulpit trying to help the family of a young lady who's just sitting in her home and a bullet ricochets and then she dies. But every day since then, I got a call about that. Or actually, or actually, when I was going to the funeral, one of my cousins called me and said, oh, one of our dear cousins had an aneurysm. I'm going to Cincinnati to check on them. Would you please pray? I'm like, I'm going to a funeral right now, but I'm going to pray. I told my mom, but by the time I got home from the funeral, I got a message. She's gone. And every day since then, except for Saturday, there's another message about somebody dying. And I'm saying, God, this is overwhelming. People are dying left and right, and I don't have an answer. But God showed me, yes, you have an answer. Love God, love people. Because you don't know when they're going to take their last breath. Give them love because you might be the only God they will see. Not everybody's coming in the house of God. Some people, you got to take the house of God to them. I told a friend of mine this story, but I hadn't shared it openly. I thought maybe I would share it at this young lady's funeral. Um, her her name was was Angel, but she she passed away just just going to the hospital trying to get surgery over some some growth she had under her underarms, and thinking she's going to the hospital to be taken care of. She ends up dying in the hospital with Sister Darlene's actual granddaughter, and then within days. Uh, we lost Brother Allen back to back. But going back to, to, to Angel, I didn't know her very well. I knew her, but not very well. But uh, she she had sent me a joking message over, over one of my joking things that I do on social media. She sent me a joking message. I said something back to her, and, and uh, we were laughing back and forth. But just in that moment, the Lord told me to tell her that if she needs prayer for anything, that I would pray for her. I wasn't, we weren't talking because I wasn't trying to be pastor in that moment, but God just spoke to me and he said, just tell her 
to, uh, that if she ever needed prayer, that you were there. A couple days later, she sent me a prayer request, and it had to do with finances. She was going through some financial issues, and she sent me a prayer request. And she said, I'm not asking you for money, but can you just pray? And she gave me the list of things that were going on in, in her life. And so I said, yes, I'll do that. I begin to pray over them. And she didn't ask for money, and I didn't have money to give, so I didn't give. I just began to pray. A day later, the Lord told me, he said, send her $75. Now, according to the needs that she had, the $75 was nothing but a drop in the bucket. But I felt impressed to send it to her. I mean, I, and, and I was like, well, it's not, it's not enough. I'm thinking I'm going to do it later. And God was like, do it now. So I sent a message to her. I said, send me your cash app. I'm going to send you something. She's like, Pastor, I didn't give you the prayer request for you to give me money. I said, I know you didn't, but I just want to be a blessing. And it was just $75. I sent her the $75. I didn't know she'd be dead two months later. Had I waited, I would have missed an opportunity to show love. And when she got the money, I said, I know it's not a lot. She said, you don't know how much this means to me. She said, you don't know how much this shows that God is looking out for me. I didn't know my little $75 was going to make that much difference. And I didn't know she'd be dead a few months later. But I was loving God and loving people. You don't need a million dollars to love people. You don't need a mansion to love people. You just need a heart for God and a heart for people. And that's what our apostle, our bishop, my daddy taught us. But more than that, that's what the Bible teaches us. Let's, let's, let's read it. This is a lengthy passage. Let's read this of the transfiguration. Luke 9, 28. About eight days later, Jesus took Peter, John, and James up on a mountain to pray. His, his group. Go read some more. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was transformed, and his clothes became dazzling white. Mm, read. Suddenly, two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared and began talking with Jesus. This is why I'm bringing this. This is quite interesting. We've, we've, we've known, if you're a Bible scholar, you know about the transfiguration, and they're up on the mountain, and all of a sudden, Jesus begins to change. His form begins to change. He's been telling his disciples he is the Son of God. They've been seeing miracles, but they actually saw something. But then two men show up out of nowhere, and it was Moses and Elijah. Read some more. They were glorious to see, and they were speaking about his exodus from this world, which was about to be fulfilled in Jerusalem. So Moses and Elijah was talking to Jesus about the death that he was getting ready to die, how he was getting ready to go to the cross. And the Bible says it was glorious to see. It's quite interesting what the Bible is telling us. Read some more. Verse 32. Peter and the others had fallen asleep. When they woke up, they saw Jesus' glory and the two men standing with him. Peter and the others, they had fallen asleep. They're, they're human, and you know, we're, we're, we're human, and even though this is old school Sunday, we don't like being in church all like they used to be in church. Look, I'm tired. I'll go to sleep on you, Pastor. I, I, can't, I can't stay all day. And so even Peter and the disciples, they were with Jesus, but they had fallen asleep. But when they woke up, they saw this glorious thing. 
and they saw this power and they see Moses and Elijah talking to Jesus. Read, read some more. When I say read some more, that means y'all got to bring the scripture up. Thank you. As Moses and Elijah were starting to leave, Peter, not even knowing what he was saying, blurted out. Hold on real quick. That's who Peter was. Peter was a blurter outer. He didn't always think these through. He blurted out. Read. Master, it's wonderful us, for us to be here. Let's make three shelters as memorials. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Doesn't seem like a bad idea at all. Peter blurted out, this is pretty awesome. Uh, let's, let's build a memorial. Let's build something for you. Let's build something for Moses. Let's build something for Elijah. Let's put ourselves in Peter's day. He grew up hearing about Moses and Elijah. And now he's walking with Jesus. And in his mind, they're all on the same level. Moses represents the law. And Elijah represents the prophets. And so in his mind, they're all on the same level. Let's build a memorial. Let's build an altar for all three of y'all. Let's see what the next verse says. But even as he was saying this, a cloud overshadowed them and terror gripped them as the cloud covered them. It, the, the scene changed real quick. It was real glorious. It was real awesome. But the moment that Peter began to talk about that I'm going to build something for Elijah and Moses and Jesus, a cloud came and then fear gripped them. It switched from being glorious to a great reverence. And let's see what happens as the scene switches. Next verse. And there came a voice out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son, hear him. What's so powerful is that what was going on is God was saying, I know Moses played his part. And Elijah plays his part. Moses represents the law. Elijah represents the prophets. In other words, from Exodus all the way to Malachi, it 99% of the Old Testament. But what I need you to understand, there is something greater that is here. And so he said, forget Moses and forget Elijah. What I need you to know, here is my beloved son. In other words, this is the son of my love. And here's the point that I'm trying to bring to you. Jesus said, all the law and the prophets, they hang on the commandment of love. And when we see the transfiguration, we see that Moses and Elijah showed up. But they were happy to talk about Jesus because Jesus was going to the cross. And what they were saying is that the, the law means nothing. Without the cross. And the prophets mean nothing without the cross. Because the cross is about the one who came birthed out of the love of God. This is my beloved son. I like you, Elijah. And I like you, Moses. And you serve a purpose up until now. But this is my beloved son. This is the one before the foundation of the world who said, if things go left, I'll come and I'll die for them. If things mess up, I'll step and I'll strip myself of flesh and I'll step, I'll come through 42 generations. I'll be put in a manger. I'll be wrapped in swaddling clothes. But then I'll go to the cross and I'll be buried in the ground and I'll come up with all power in my hand and God says you're the one that I love because everything hangs on what you are willing to do willing to love 
The law talks about you got to do this. 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 The prophets talk about since you didn't do this, the wrath of God is coming. The wrath of God is coming. And what God says, that is important. But it's not as important as the message of the love of my son. So why are we telling everybody about all the stuff they got to do right to get into heaven and how they going to go to hell in the future and all that? We're missing the main message. The main message is all you got to do is receive the love of God. The love of God. The love of God. All right, let's, let's, let's move on. Let's, let's go, go to verse 36. When the voice finished, Jesus was there alone. They didn't tell anyone at that time what they had seen. When the voice finished, Jesus was there alone. There was no Moses. There was no Elijah. And this is really what is happening is Moses and Elijah are now seen in him. It's all seen in him. I'm not telling you that the Old Testament is not necessary, but what it does, it points to the cross. Everything you see, even the wrath of God, points to the cross. So stop going out there in the world and telling everybody they're going to hell because all that wrath pointed to the cross. And God poured all his wrath out on Jesus. And if people would just believe, I don't care what they got going on in their life, if you know my dad's story, he said he was gambling, he was doing all kinds of things, but when God got good and ready, his love rescued him. His love lassoed him. And I'm so grateful that I know somebody that loves me. I'm messed up, but he loves me. I'm tore up, but he loves me. I'm not perfect, but he loves me. I'm so grateful for the love of God. God's love for me. God's in love for you. God's in love for you online. God's in love for those in the street. God's in love for the drug addict. God's in love for the wino. God's in love for even the political person you don't like. God's love is amazing. God's love is like waves of the ocean. It'll drown you if you let it. Thank God for his love. His love. What the world needs now. Love, more love, but not just any love. Romantic love won't do it. Family love won't do it. Some families, they love each other until the wheel comes out. When the wheel comes out, the knights and the claws come out. Some folk, I love my wife. Until you find somebody better looking and now, you're running off over somebody else. Listen, people will let you down. I'm not talking about romantic love. I'm not talking about family love. And even that baby that you love that you've been goo-goo-gogging with, when he get 18 years old, he might cuss you to your face. I'm telling you, there's a love that's greater than any love you've ever seen, and it's the love of God. Because it's a love that chooses the love. It's a love before the foundation of the world that says, I'm going to love no matter what happens. And the Bible says that God subjected creation into vanity. In other words, he said, I'm going to give them the choice to mess up, but I'm going to love them anyhow. Because if he didn't do that, then Adam and Eve would have been robots. He said, I don't want robots. The angels, they do what I tell them to do, but they're like robots. They're just programmed to do. I want somebody to choose me. So I'm going to give them a choice. And the first time they had a choice, they messed it up. 
You can have every other tree, but don't mess with this tree. Because this tree is the knowledge of good and evil. And here's what happens with the knowledge of good and evil. It gives you a choice. When you know good and evil, now you have to choose. But if you don't have to have a choice, it would be easy. But God said, I'm going to let them choose. And even if they mess up, I'm going to find a way to love them back. I'm going to create the world for them. But if they mess up, I'm going to love them back. Now, why would he think if they mess up? Because he already had a fool that messed up. Somebody he created named, uh, we call Lucifer, who had all the light in the, the morning light, who had all the music. He got caught up in himself and tried to overthrow God. So God knew if an angel could go haywire, these regular humans can. But he said, I got a plan just in case. And we're still preaching the plan today is thank God for his love and I received the love and with that love I'm going to do something with it. Let's let's continue to read. Or actually we're going to put up our, our thing. So, so I told you what Jesus said is only two commands. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. But here's the third command or what we will call a new command. Now, this is an easy life that God gives us, but he does throw one caveat out there. And most time in church, we think the caveat is sin. That's not the caveat. Sin, let, let, me, let, me, let me throw it to you like this. I've said it before. So it shouldn't be too groundbreaking, but you don't go to hell for sin. <gasps> Pastor, what are you talking about? No, you don't go to hell for sin. You go to hell for rejecting the one who, took, who can take care of the sin. It's not the sin, it's rejecting the one who died for the sin. See, he wouldn't have died for your sin if you was going to be perfect. He wouldn't have needed to die. He died for your sin past, present, and future. I'm not saying you should go out there and just do whatever you want to do. But what I am saying is once you receive him, what you want to do will change. You can't do what you used to do when you accept him because what you used to do doesn't feel the same. Let me tell you something. I'm, I'm getting older. I may look young, but I'm getting older. I was in the bed by 10 p.m. yesterday and I was happy to get into bed because my desires are shifting and changing. I didn't want to get into bed at no 10 when I was younger. Two, three o'clock in the morning at the latest. But the older I get, the more I want to be in the bed. And also when I got it in the bed with my wife, I was like, is it cold to you? My bones is getting cold. Turn the heat up. Where's the comforter? My desires are shifting and changing because I'm maturing. But let me tell you the same thing. You won't party like you used to party once you get a hold of the love of God. It'll change your desires. So stop telling people and preaching to them that they're sinners and tell them about the lover, the Savior. And when they hold and they grab the Savior, they'll change from the inside out. Just like my daddy did. And let me say, my daddy, I thought he started liking white people too much. I'm like, dang, daddy, you just love, love everybody. But he's like, God's been on the inside of me. 
You remember the time we had an Indian man at the house? We had a black man, a white man, and maybe an Italian man. It was like it was like the United Nations in the house, and he was trying to get them all off of dope, all off of alcohol. They was eating our food, sleeping in our beds. But God, but my father was teaching me that the love of God it sees no colors, it sees no sins, it sees no issues. It reaches to the lowest valley. It flows to the highest mountain. The love of God, it'll save you. The love of God, it'll change you. The love of God, it will deliver you. And that's why we are at Deliverance Temple. Because we don't have it all together. We still got some issues. We still got some problems. But we're throwing ourselves on the love of God. I throw myself to his love. I throw myself on the altar of his love. God, if you can fix anybody, fix me with your love. If you can clean anybody, clean me with your love. Wash me with your love, God. Love God. Love people. I got to get us out of here. Now, if I'm really going to be like my dad, I, I would go on seven rabbit trails, but, but I'm going to come back. And guess what? Mother Rankin, I, I, I'd be happy to get one more of those rabbit trails back. I'd be happy for it. I, let, let me throw this out there. I won't, won't stay on this too long. Not about a year and a half ago, maybe, Mary Dollison and her husband invited my mom and dad and me and my wife and my kids over uh, for dinner uh, on Sunday dinner maybe a year, year and a half or so ago and as brother Cornelius and my father were talking I was back there in the grown folk room you know I, I had graduated I was in the grown folk room but I didn't say anything I, I listened to them talking about how they came up. They, I, I think Brother Cornelius was just about a year or two older than my dad. And they were talking about the civil rights movement in Muncie. And I sat there and I told God, I said, God, I thank you that I'm here to listen to this. Because I don't know how long I'll be able to hear conversations like this. I had no idea my dad would be gone a year or less later than that or a year and a half less than that. But I sat there and I listened. And let me say, the reason why I'm bringing this up, there are some loved ones that sometimes they get on your nerves. Their stories get on your nerves. Their actions get on your nerves. But when they're gone, they're gone. You better love them while you can. Listen to them while you can. Worship with them while you can. Holiday with them while you can. Because not another day is promised. And I'm not just talking about them leaving. You might be the one to leave. Take advantage of every moment you've got. Let me, let me turn another corner real quick. This isn't biblical. This is Alicia Keys. There's Alicia Keys on that light. She said, every time you hold me, hold me like it's the last time. Every time you kiss me, kiss me like you'll never see me again. Stop taking each other for granted. You don't know a day is not promised. Next time you hug, hug like you may not do it again. Next time you love, love like you may not get another chance. You don't know what tomorrow holds. And if we would treat every day like it was important, we'd make a difference. And if we made up in our mind that we was going to die empty, I'm not going to leave a thing undone. I'm not going to leave a stone unturned. I was talking to a, a, a friend of mine from Baltimore, a preacher friend of mine, and he was, he was uh, w- wanting to learn about podcasts. He's going to step out and do a podcast. And then 
someone told him about YouTube and he's like, I, I don't want to go on YouTube. He said, I'm insecure about being on YouTube. And then the conversation turned to me and he said, Dr. Dre, what do you have to say? And the Lord spoke to me and I spoke to him. I said, is the content greater than your insecurities? Come on. He's like, Whew. he's like, that's heavy. Many times we're scared to do stuff. I wonder what they'll say about me. But if God has put something in you, you can't allow fear to strip you of it. You got to do it because you never know if you're going to get another opportunity. Do what you can, while you can, when you can. Let the church say amen. amen. All right, that was, a good, that was a good rabbit trail. Let's move. Let's move to this. So a third commandment or a new commandment. Read this, John 13, 31. As soon as Judas left the room, Jesus said, Hold on. Sometimes you can't share great things until the Judases in your life leave the Amen. room. Amen. And you're crying over folk that left your, your room not knowing there was the Judas in your life. And God said, they need to go. And when he told Judas, he said, what you do, do it quickly. Some folk, God, get them out of my life quickly. Let them, everything that's not for me, everybody that got a knife in my back, let them get out of my life quickly. All right, another rabbit trail. I'm, 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 my dad would do seven. I'm on about two or three already. All right. Read, read the entire verse, John 13, 31. As soon as Judas left the room, Jesus said, the time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory, and God will be glorified because of him. Now, he's talking about his death, but he said to enter into his glory. That shows you how much Jesus loved you. He's going to the cross and called it his glory. And he said, it's be, I'm being glorified of the Father. God and the Son looked at this death as glory because he loved you so much. But look, look at what he adds though. We're dropping down to verse 33. Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I'm going. Can't come where I'm going. Look at verse 34a. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Now I'm giving you a new commandment. I've condensed all the 613 commandments down to two. But he told his disciples, his discipline was, I'm about to add a commandment for you. I'm going to add a new commandment. And so I want you to put the title back up. So the title is Love God, Love People, but we're getting ready to add something. So let's, let's read the verse in its entirety. John uh, 13, 35, or 13, 34, and then we'll go to 35. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Wait a second. See, the reason why the Christian life is difficult is not because of sin and temptation. It's because God added a new commandment. He said, love each other the way I loved you. Now, wait a second. He died for me. So that means I got to love y'all. The way he loved me. So when y'all get on my nerves, I got to find a way to love you anyhow. Love you with the love of the Lord. And that's, that, that, that's a little, that's a little harder. So that means you got to start do life with people. That means you can't talk about people without getting that side of the story. 
if you're really doing life with them. Now, now maybe the like Kanye and Kyrie, you could talk about them because they're all over the public. But I'm talking about us's. Sometimes us's will believe rumors about each other without even talking to each other because we love God, but we don't really love each other. Well, I just don't like the way Kelly acts. I don't like the way she prays. But God didn't tell you you had to like it to love it. He said, I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other as I have loved you. So let's look at verse verse 35. Here's the reason why. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Oh, man. It's not how big your house is. It's not how big your car is. It's not how many uh, scriptures you know. It's not how long your robe is. He said, the way the world is going to know you're my disciples is the way you love each other. And they say that the church is one of the few people that will kill their own wounded. And that's why the world doesn't want anything to do with the church because we don't know how to love each other. But when we learn how to love each other, Yes, he messed up. Yes, she messed up. But that's my sister. That's my brother. I'm going to do life with her. I'm going to stay with her. Yes, he got locked up, but he's still my member. Yes, they're on the newspaper, but that's still my member because I'm loving them the way God loves. And if we can love each other like that, the world will know it's something different about them people. They have to be the disciples because can't nobody love like that unless they know the Lord. And even though he's called, one thing I can say about my daddy, he loved like 40 going west. That's a, that's a phrase he would say. You, you knew him by the way he loved. This church is built the way he loved. Yes. Folk talked about him, lied on him. He didn't care. He would go down and what they called the low end, and he would be there when the crack acts came off and they high. He would read scriptures with him. Well, he's stupid. But that somebody is in heaven because he stayed and read scriptures with them. See, the, the sinner's prayer is for us. Because we like to say, well, I said to send a prayer. I know they got saved, but you don't know. God can save folk any kind of way. God saves, can save folk through your smile. God can save folk through your handshake. Don't you limit God. What you, all you got to do is love. God will make the difference. All right. We got to close. I don't want to go too much longer. So now we're going, we're adding to the title of the message. Would you put it up? Here's it. Love God. Love people, love one another. Love one another. I'm talking about loving the world, but the truth is, I don't know the whole world. But I know you. I don't, I don't have the whole world's number, but I got your number. I, I don't know everybody's issue, but I know your issue. So I can pray for you. I can love on you. I can treat you right. And I'm not just talking about as a pastor, but as members. Learn how to love each other. Let it be said of the Deliverance Temple members, yeah, they're pastor crazy. He be on TikTok, but they sure know how to love each other. Let I want our love to outshine one individual. Let it be the love we have for each other. Say, say it with me. Say, love God. Love, God. love people. Love, love one another. 
First John 3.11, this is how, from the scriptures from where we'll close. For this is the message that he heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Now this is John talking, John the revelator, John that that was exiled to the Isle of Patmos. I got, I, I got to throw another quick rabbit trail. What was so interesting about John being exiled to the Isle of Patmos, many of the disciples, they were martyred. They were crucified. Peter was crucified upside down. James had his head cut off. Peter, they, I mean, not Peter, but John, they boiled him in oil. And and hot oil, what what they would do, they would hang uh, the person on a hook. They would lower the hook in the boiling oil. And when they would pull the hook up, there would be nothing but the skeleton. They put John down in the oil, in the boiling oil, but when they raised him up, he was still sitting on the hook. Nothing happened to him. They couldn't figure out what to do with him. And so they exiled him. They bound him to the island of Patmos, put him by himself, and he began to write the book of John and this book that I'm going to go to. But here's something I want to throw in you, throw, throw to you. John would always say in his first book, he would say, the disciple whom Jesus loved. In other words, he said, I'm the one who Jesus loved. Peter would tell Jesus how much he loved him, but John focused on how much God loved him. And I wonder, is that the reason why they couldn't kill him? Because he was filled with love. They called John the apostle of love. You can't burn the apostle of love. You can't kill the apostle of love. You can exile me and I'll just get a revelation because I got love down on the inside of me. All right, that's rabbit trail number four. Let me get back. All right, read, read First John three eleven. Oh, you, you already read it. So John says, this is the message from the beginning. Look at verse 12. We must not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. And why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what was evil and his brother had been doing what was righteous. Wait, wait, wait a second. The reason why some folk don't love is simply because you're doing what's right. And the other person is doing what's wrong. And what the Bible is letting us know, when you're doing something wrong, you should just be convicted and repent. But what Cain did, he said, no, I'm going to kill the next person. Well, I ain't as bad as Tyrena. Well, we ain't talking about Tyrena. We're talking about you right now. So I, I got to assassinate her character to make myself feel good. And guess what? It happens all the time in the church. So next time you come here, don't come for nobody else. Don't listen to the sermon for nobody else. Listen for you. Don't be like Cain and kill somebody else when you get convicted. All right, and so read the next verse, verse 13. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. All right, verse 14 and the final verse. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Remains in death. This is one of our apostles' favorite verses. Say so we pass from King James says we pass from death to life because you love the brethren. And anybody who remains, who does not love, they remain in death. Guess what? Jesus conquered death, but you'll stay in death if you refuse to love. So love God, love people, love one another. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Amen. We're going. We're going to confess this together. I got two declarations that we're going to do together and then we'll pray. And then I got a special call to give that I want to talk about and then we will be dismissed. And so put 
that up there and repeat this after me. We are going to love, going to love. like Bishop Love. Let's say it again, and we're going to give his full title. We're going to love like Apostle H. Royce Mitchell loved. But greater than that, but greater than that, we will love like Jesus loves us. Here's the next one. We are going to start by making sure we are loving each other. Now, would you turn to your neighbor and say, I love you with the love of the Lord. Turn to somebody else. Hey, online, just type it in. I love you with the love of the Lord. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you and praise you. God, we love you because you first loved us. And this church was built on love. God, don't ever let us forget it. Don't ever let us get so blessed that we forget to love people in the neighborhood. We forget to reach out to people. We forget to be kind to people. Don't let us go through so much that we lose our heart for other people. And God, if we can love anybody, let us love each other in such a way that reflects the vision of our pastor, our bishop, our apostle. But most importantly, it reflects the vision of you, your heart. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you just remain standing? I want to put this up, call to give. I will say this. I'm not trying to toot our own horn, but my father put us in a path of ministry that I can just say that a lot of churches are getting to now. and They're getting to a lot later. It's a message of the love and the gospel. And a lot of people are getting to it now. But that type of message needs to be funded. So we're not raising an offering, but we are just reminding you how important it is for us to get the message out there. You guys can go ahead and put me up, put the uh, camera on me because I want the online people to see it as well. Th- this is a this is a special ministry. We don't want it to see it die and fold, and it's not dying and folding. We're not broke, but there's whole levels that we need to get to. Over here on my right, which is the people's left online, you can't see it, but it's time we build a fellowship hall. It's time we build an H. Royce Mitchell Fellowship Hall. So we got to get in our mind now. Because the, the scripture let us know that where your treasure is, your heart is. So you give to what you love. So I'm teaching us to love. And we're going to love people. We're going to give to other people. But let's not forget home. Charity begins at home. And so would you, would you put this graphic up on the screen? As we give, and many of you guys are doing, but we need to take it another level. So, so there is our cash app, Temple 720. But November 29th around the globe is called Giving Tuesday. Actually, November 29th and the 30th, because for some people, the Tuesday falls on the 30th. But it's called Giving Tuesday. So in other words, after Thanksgiving and Black Friday and Cyber Monday, there's something called Giving Tuesday, where you give to, uh, charities all around the world, 501c3s, mainly for nonprofits. But I want us to think about our church. I want us to think about giving to us because of what we're doing. And you know I don't take a salary, so I'm not putting it on my back and in my pockets. I'm putting it into the ministry so we can reach people with the love of Jesus Christ. So we're just calling you in your mind to remember this. Put put uh, put the next uh, slide up. And this is how we'll close from 
Also, for those of you online, for those of you here, you can also mail check or money order to P.O. Box 1533, Muncie, Indiana, 47305. If you want to put the million-dollar check in the P.O. Box, I want to make sure you got the P.O. Box so you know where to send it all. And having said that, I'm going to close with my last rabbit trail and a funny thing. I'm not mad if you play the Powerball, but just share some of it with the house of God. With that being said, happy Thanksgiving. We celebrate our apostle. We love you. You are dismissed. God bless you.